0: bit about Thanksgiving today, or what we're going to call thanks-living, all right? Uh, so we know what Thanksgiving is. Uh, that's when we basically do a lot of sinning. We just, we're just gluttons, right? We just eat all day, and then we confess to sin later that night, and then the next day you get up and you do it again. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit today, just on this, this thought or this idea, because we are in the Thanksgiving season, to talk a little bit about thanks-living What does it look like uh, to be a, a, a Christian in the scripture is to be thankful, to be grateful. We're going to talk about that today. So we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians 5. And I'd like to look at verses 16 through 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 through 18. Look at the scripture says, Paul says this. He says, rejoice most of the time. Rejoice when? Say it. Always. Pray continually. And notice this. Give thanks. This is the tough one. Give thanks in what? All circumstances. Easier said than done. Correct? But he says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I pray you'd bless your word this morning. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for all of your blessings. Lord, may we be a grateful people. May we be a thankful people. And Lord, as we think about this week and as we're preparing for Thanksgiving and, and uh, Lord, just oftentimes being with friends and family and of course, uh, food. Lord, I pray that we would not forget just all that you've done for us and all that you do for us. May we be a grateful people. I just pray that Lord, um, that we as Christians Lord, understand that we have so much to be thankful for, so much to be grateful for. But Lord, help us not to just be thankful just during this season. But Lord, I pray that, that we would be a thankful people, a grateful people, be a part of our lifestyle. It should be who we are. Um, and when people see us, that they should see that we are truly a grateful people. So I pray you just bless the challenge from your word this morning. Lord, I pray that uh, we would be receptive to your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So it is this week, Thanksgiving. um, And, uh, you know, the idea is this, is that, let's be honest, Thanksgiving just doesn't really sell very well. How many of you have been in a store and you already just see Christmas stuff everywhere, right? I mean, it's been for weeks. Like, it's pretty, if you think about it, think about like this Halloween Everywhere you go, Halloween decorations, Halloween decor, Halloween and candy, I mean candy galore. And then as soon as Halloween, as they're tearing down Halloween, what comes up next, right? Christmas. And everywhere you go, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. And and Thanksgiving, being grateful just doesn't sell very well, does it? Other than the poor turkeys that have to give themselves as sacrifice for us and a few other things, Let's be honest, Thanksgiving isn't very sexy. It just doesn't sell. Right? Some of you, like myself, my wife wants to put the tree up. How many of you, right, like really early near I said you my the rule is it has to be after can we at least celebrate Thanksgiving, you know? I don't know if you if you heard this, but recently Bible scholars discovered something very interesting in the Old Testament. Do you remember when David would go in and play the harp for King Saul? Well, what the Bible scholars discovered was this, is that when David was was playing, there was a time where Saul took a javelin and threw it at David. What they realized was this, is that it was because David was playing Christmas music long before Thanksgiving. (laughs) And that's why he threw it. And I have to agree with King Saul there. So... (laughs) Thanksgiving is something or giving thanks or being grateful is a subject that the Bible speaks a lot about. We've already read this passage and it's interesting because in this passage, if you were to look in the first chapter, you don't need to turn there. But it says this, that Paul writes to these followers of Christ. And it's interesting. He says, you follow Christ in spite of, listen to these words, severe suffering. So when he writes to the church of Thessalonica, this church is under tremendous persecution. They're under severe, severe suffering. And as he's kind of coming to the conclusion of this letter, he challenges them and he says to them, listen, you should be joyful always. You should be praying continually. But then he says, give thanks and think about this in all circumstances. In this letter that he's writing, what were the circumstances Of these people. And the circumstances was this is that they were under great persecution. They were dying for their faith. They were put in prison. They were beaten. And they were suffering tremendously. And he says, in the midst of your suffering, in the midst of your circumstances, he says says this: continue to pray, rejoice, be grateful, be thankful. And he says, and give thanks. And he makes an interesting statement. For this is God's will for your life. Oftentimes people say, what is God's will for my life? I want to know God's will. Now, I can't know God's will for every single individual and what that may look like. We often know kind of what people mean by that. But can I say this? This is one area or one way of of saying I can do God's will. Because one of the areas in our life that is God's will for our life is that we are to be thankful, that we are to be grateful. It's all through scripture. In fact, the word thanks or give thanks and the idea of being thankful is used 73 times. The word thanksgiving is used 28 times in scripture. Let me give you just a few of these verses. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Notice what the Bible says this. Always do what? Give thanks. To who though? To God. Always give thanks to God the Father. For everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look what he says in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3, verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And what does he say? And be what? Be thankful. Be thankful. The psalmist said this in Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5. Psalm 104, he says, enter into his gates with what? Say it with me. Thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. And here's why. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. The psalmist says, enter into his courts with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. Why? Because God is good, because God is faithful and because his love endures forever. Psalm 118 Psalm 118 verse 1 says this, Give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is what? For he is good and his love endures forever. Aren't you thankful that his love for you never fails and that his love endures forever? David said, give thanks. Dr. Bob Jones said this, that the loveliest flower that blooms in the garden of the heart is the flower of gratitude to be grateful Go with me to Philippians chapter four and we'll have it here for you. Philippians four, a couple verses, verse six and verse 11. In Philippians four, it says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation or in every circumstance by prayer and petition, notice what he says, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then in verse 11, notice what he says, Paul writes this letter to the church at Philippi. He says, I am not saying this because I am in need. He's talking about being content, being thankful, being grateful, having joy. He says, for I have learned to be content. Notice this statement, I have learned. It's something you learn. It's a learned behavior. I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. You see, oftentimes as Christians, many times we're glad but we're not grateful. There's a difference between being glad and being grateful. Or we could say it like this. Many times in the Christian life, we're happy, but we're not joyful. You see, to be glad means this, is that when everything's going great, you, you can experience, if you will, uh, being thankful or you're glad. There's a difference between being glad and being grateful. You see, grateful is this, it's who we are. It's, it's, it's within us. Joy is the same way. Joy is something that's within us. Joy is something that we can have in spite of our circumstances. Is this making sense? A lot of times we can say, well, I'm glad that everything's going my way. You know, I say this all the time. I'm pretty easygoing as long as everything's going my way. (laughs) And aren't you the same way? You see... Understand, Paul, and we don't have time to go into this letter that he writes to the church at Philippi, but this letter that he writes, this letter, the Philippian letter, he writes as he's in prison. Let me go back for a moment. When we read Ephesians 5.20, he's writing that that statement, give thanks while he's sitting in prison. In Colossians chapter 3, where he says, be thankful he was sitting in prison. When we look at this letter that he's writing to the the Philippians, he's in great persecution. He's in prison. And while he's in prison, he said, I had to learn something. I had to learn to be grateful. I had to learn to be thankful. He says, I had to learn to be content that no matter what circumstance I'm in, understand, he says, it's about being grateful. You see, this idea of thanks living is this, is that we're not just thankful when I'm getting what I want, and I'm not just thankful when everything's going my way, but I can be thankful in the midst of the harshest circumstances. Paul is in prison, and he's under great persecution, and here we see him saying this, I'm thankful, I'm grateful, and he challenges you and I, and he challenges the church that we must make being thankful a part of our lifestyle, to be grateful. Many of us are glad, but we're not grateful. So listen to what I'm about to say. When we look at what Paul is saying, he says, this is something I've had to learn. The Bible warns that in the last days, in 2 Timothy 3, it says that in the last days, it says, there will be perilous times, and and there will be very... It'll be difficult times. And he says, know this, that in the last days, there'll be very difficult times. And one of the things he makes a statement about, of what it'll look like in the end days, is he said this. He says that neither, he says, they are not grateful. That mankind will be ungrateful. You see, being thankful and being grateful is not something that comes naturally. We are not thankful by nature. We are not grateful by nature. How many of you have had to work with, we're doing it now with with one, our youngest one, but how many of you had to teach your kids to say thank you? It doesn't come naturally, right? How many times we teach them, we try to teach them manners. We try to teach them to be polite. We try to teach them to be thankful. Understand this, mankind is not thankful by nature. It is not a part of who we are. We actually have to teach our kids. We have to teach and challenge them to be grateful. Every single one of our kids, we'd have to go through this exercise of learning to be thankful, learning to be grateful. Our, our, he's now seven. Our seven-year-old, we're trying to teach him. He's, he's not nonverbal, but he's learning more and more words. He's, he's on the autism spectrum. And so he's learning more words. And what we found is if we write out things, because believe it or not, he's basically taught himself how to read, and so he can read. Uh, sometimes you can't understand what he's saying, but he can read. Now he's starting to get some, some clarity, and he's starting to learn how, how, how to, to say the things, and we're starting to understand him. And by the way, for us, you're saying, well, he's seven. For us, that's huge. This is like, praise God, we celebrate every step forward. We celebrate it. And now he's starting to, to, to be able to communicate and say some words. And, and, he's, and, and he reads. And he taught himself how to read. And so it was actually my 12-year-old who started writing out statements and started writing things. And he would start just reading them. And we're like, holy cow. Like the one was, um, he'd say, you know, like, I love daddy. And he'd say, I love daddy. And he's saying, it. we can understand him. Well, so now on the list, one of them is we're trying to get him to say, please and thank you. And so we'll say, he'll say, he'll say I want the remote, please. <laughs> you know, when we write it down, I want the remote, please. And he emphasizes it. Well, then we, we wrote down something like, say, thank you. My daughter wrote down, say, thank you. So now when he wants something, he says this, say, thank you. <laughs> say, thank you. So he's, he's so literal. He's so little. Now we're like, well, we don't need the say part. We just need the thank you part. But we literally, and and it's so funny because now he's learned it. And so we'll say, well, what do you say? And he says, say thank you, you know. And so it's not something that's in him by nature. And by the way, it's not in you by nature to be thankful, to be grateful. It's in our nature, let's be honest, to grumble and to complain. It's our sinful nature. It's like, it's interesting because... I heard about one time a lady was going to see one of her friends, and, and uh, she was going to take her son with her. The son didn't really want to go, and she says, but, but my friend said she made some cake, and if you come, she'll give you some cake. And He's like, okay, I'll go, and so he goes with his mom over to the, the friend's house, and then she puts out a nice big piece of chocolate cake, and the little boy, he says, you know, who's very polite, he said, thank you. And, and the woman was just, oh, she said, that's what I love to hear. I love to hear when, when young people are grateful and when they say thank you. And he says, if you put some ice cream on it, all of uh, us say thank you again. <laughs> Isn't that the way we are? You know, we are not, in our nature, grateful people. General Patton, he... Uh, it was like 35 years, I think it was, he was a general. And obviously through the wars and things, and they would have what they call these like, like rest parties for the warriors, for the soldiers. And one day, you know, late in his career, after one of these rest parties that they had, he received a thank you note from a soldier just thanking him for for providing this opportunity. And it was interesting because General Patton said this, in all my 35 years of doing what I do, he said, I only received one thank you note. And the reason why I say that is to just emphasize that it is not in our nature to be thankful. It's something that we have to constantly be taught and trained and told growing up. In fact, oftentimes it's in our nature to grumble and to complain. And so you might say, well, how do we have a thankful heart? I just have a couple thoughts for you. How do we have a thankful heart? How do we do this? Years ago, uh, a guy by the name of Charles Haddon Spurgeon, he did a sermon. I read, actually, his sermon. It was in the, I think, like the early 1800s. He was preaching at the Metropolitan Tabernacle. He had a sermon on Thanksgiving. And the whole premise was this. He said that there are two signs of an ungrateful heart. Two symptoms of an ungrateful heart. What are the signs of an ungrateful heart? And I quote, this is what Charles Spurgeon said. He said, when we receive from God's hands daily blessings without ever giving a thought to whom or where they came from. And then he said the second sign or symptom is this, is when we grumble about what we do not have. When we grumble about what we do not have. How do we have a thankful heart? Look what James says in James 1, verses 16 and 17. He says this, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Don't be deceived. He says, every good gift, every good and perfect gift, where does it come from? It's from above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. I think one of the first things we can do to have a grateful heart is just simply this, is that we must recognize where all good things come from. We need to pause for a moment and recognize and and, and take a moment and, and think, where does everything that I have come from? And I like what James says. He says, Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. You know, what does he mean by this? What does he mean by don't be deceived? And then he says this, he makes a powerful statement. Every good thing you have, every perfect thing you have, anything good that you have in your life, it's from God the Father. It's from the Father. You know, I think what he's saying is this, don't be deceived because, and I'm going to speak to you guys just for a few minutes. Can I do that? Because a lot of times us as men, we're filled with pride. And we think We think it's because I'm a hard worker and I've earned everything that I've gotten. And I pull myself up by my bootstraps, you know, and I get up early in the morning and I get up and I work. And sometimes we even kind of use that in our homes and our families. And we sometimes even use that towards our wives. And, you know, and I get up and I go to work and and it's, and it's all because of me. I provided all of this wrong 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 don't be deceived every good thing you have comes from God the Father well I'm the one who went out and worked for it well where did you get the ability to go out and work who has given you the strength? Who's given you the ability? Who's given you the, 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 the breath to breathe? Every breath that we have is a gift from God. Your very just your essence and who you are. your life is a gift from God. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. They're not even your bootstraps. God gave them to you. I don't even know what bootstraps are. That's just something I've heard my whole life. I don't even know what they are. Somebody let me know later. i got to Google it now. <laughs> but we have this idea that I did this. Me and my and I and, and in my own. And, and I earned everything. And don't get me wrong. There's Yes, I understand that, that it takes work and it takes discipline and it takes character. And it takes all of those things. But can I tell you this? At a, any moment, if it weren't for the grace of God, well, listen to me, this heart would stop beating. Your heart would stop. Listen, do you understand that that your life itself is precious? It's a gift from God. Every breath you breathe is a precious gift from God Almighty. Please, somebody say amen, church. It's a gift from God. And we must remember and take thought and understand and recognize. Take a moment and just recognize that every good gift and every perfect gift and anything good that we have that we do not deserve it and it's from God. Look at what Psalm says in Psalm 103 verse 2. He says this, praise the Lord, O my soul. David said this, praise the Lord, O my soul. And notice what he says, and forget not all his benefits. Do you know oftentimes, and we all do it, we just get up and go on with our lives and we forget the goodness of God. We forget the benefits and the blessings, and how good God is. Let's be honest. I do it. You know, my knee gets jacked up a little bit, and so for a couple months you're limping around. And we and I have to admit, there's so. How many times do I wake up and say, "Lord, thank you for my healthy knee. Thank you, you know, thank you for all the other moving parts that are working." And we often we forget. We forget the goodness of God. And the psalmist says. Don't forget all of his benefits. And so how do we have a thankful heart? I would say this. Take a moment and recognize where all good things come from. Here's another way to have a thankful heart. And this almost seems so simple, but it's this. We recognize where all things come from, but take a moment and think. Thinking brings thankfulness. It is said this that in the Anglo-Saxon language, thinking and thankfulness are basically the same word in that language. So the idea was this: in the Anglo-Saxon language, thinking and thankfulness were the same, same thing. The idea is what I'm trying to get at is this is the more you think, the more thankful you will become. The oftentimes is this, we don't pause and we don't just take a few moments and think. Think about what do I have to be thankful for? What do I have to be grateful for? What do we often do? We're often like the children of Israel. The nation of Israel, the Hebrew children, what did they do? They murmured and they complained. God delivered them from, from bondage. They cried out to God and they were in bondage for hundreds of years for multiple generations and they were in bondage and God delivers them. And, he del- and when he delivers them, immediately within a short time, they begin to murmur and they begin to complain and they begin to gripe and anger God. They complained about the manna that he was providing. Think about this. He he says that your shoes, your clothes will not wear out. Their their clothes did not wear out the entire time that they're wandering through the wilderness. He provided a cloud by day. And think about this. We could get this. We could understand this. They're out in the desert. It gets hot out in the desert, right? A cloud can drop the temperature 10 or 15 degrees. Amen. Amen. He provided shade for them that went with two and a half to three million people that everywhere they went. He provided their own big old canopy of shade and it led them and it guided them. It says that he provided a pillar of fire, fire for light, fire for heat, fire for warmth. He was providing for them. He sent manna. He sent bread from heaven and he sent down that, that bread from heaven. When they needed, he would he literally made water come from a rock, and yet they would murmur and they would complain, and they said, "We're even going to stone, uh, we're going to stone Moses, and we're going to kill Aaron, and we're going to kill him, and we're going to go back to Egypt." Wow. The Bible says that this angered God almost more than anything else that the children of Israel did. Because God was faithful to them. God provided for them. He even provided quail. Do you remember that story in the Bible? When they were like, we're tired of just eating all of this, this bread, this manna. We, we want something else. We want meat to eat. And he sent them quail. And the Bible says that they ate it until they began to vomit it up. They just kept eating it. Kind of like what some of you are going to do this Thanksgiving, right? They just kept eating and eating. And the Bible says that they murmured, they complained, and this angered God. That's our nature. But you know, if we pause and take a few moments, and if we're just willing to think and recognize, where does everything good that we have come from? To be grateful, to be thankful. How many of you have ever heard of Matthew Henry? He's a Bible uh, commentator. Obviously, he's passed, but Matthew Henry commentary. Some of you have probably seen it, looked him up. One time he was, he was beaten and robbed. And after he was beaten and robbed, someone did, kind of speaking with him, talking with him, he said, I'm just grateful, I'm thankful. And I said, what do you mean you're grateful and thankful? What do you have to be thankful for? You've just been robbed and they've taken everything that you have. And he said this. He says, well, I'm thankful I've never been robbed before. <laughs> it's my first time. He says, I'm thankful. That they didn't take my life. He says, I'm thankful that they may have taken all that I have, but they can't take my soul. And this one really hit me. He said this. He says, I'm thankful and grateful that I was the one being robbed, not I doing the robbing. Find something to be grateful for. I think all of us can think of some things. If there's nothing else, can I say this? Are you thankful for the grace of God in your life? Are you thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ who shed his blood on a cross and paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we can have eternal life? you can be thankful for your health? I'll never forget this. I was 20, I think I was 24 years old, pastor of, The first church I pastored in Columbia, Missouri. It's just a small church, growing church. And one of the newer ladies that started coming within a few months, I was maybe six months, nine months into pastoring. I had no clue what I was doing. Still don't. But um, anyway, (laughs) had no clue what I was doing. And this woman, her name was, I'll never forget her name. Her name was Des Dolman. And she found out that she had terminal cancer. And, I, and we were kind of getting ready and getting, preparing for her, her funeral, for her celebration of life, her memorial. And, and she had such a positive spirit and a positive attitude. And I'll never forget this. She was talking about being just grateful and thankful. And I said, how, how, how is it that you have such a good spirit, a good attitude? And, and obviously, it was the Lord. And obviously, it was the Holy Spirit. But one thing that she said to me, is she says, you know what? She says, I'm grateful and thankful that I have time to prepare." She says, I've known people that their families had no time to prepare. Where their loved one just in a moment is gone. She says, I have time to prepare. Think about it. She goes, I'm so grateful. I had the opportunity to talk to my kids, my grandkids, and and we have time to prepare and say the things that that we know we need to say. And, And she was grateful In the midst of terminal cancer, she said, you know what? I'm grateful that I have time to prepare and to say my goodbyes. You know, the Lord Jesus is probably the greatest example of someone who was grateful and gave thanks. You'll see all through Scripture, the Bible says that the feeding of the 5,000, he gave thanks. The feeding of the 4,000, he gave thanks. Jesus, before he revealed truth, would give thanks before raising Lazarus from the dead. Listen to this. We won't turn there, but John 11, 40, 41, before he raised Lazarus from the dead, he gave thanks. He was thanking God in advance for what God was going to do. Some of you need to give thanks in advance for what it is that you're praying for. In the text here that we read this morning in Thessalonians, he says, rejoice always. He says, pray continually. Here's what I think the context is. Rejoice always, pray continually, and giving thanks For this is the will of God. What he's saying is this, is what Jesus did. The example Jesus set was this, that he prayed and gave thanks to God in advance for what he was going to do. Right now, you may be going through a difficult time. You may be in a struggle. You may be like the church of Thessalonica, that you're in the midst of severe suffering. One thing I can challenge you to do is this, is that in the midst of your suffering, know this, that the will of God for you is to be grateful and thankful for what God is doing in your life. And also to be willing to step out by faith and pray and, 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 and seek God and say, I'm going to thank you in advance for what you're already going to do in my life. Thank God in advance for what he's going to do. That takes great faith. The Bible says this, that as Jesus was in the upper room, And he took the bread and he said, this is my body. Do you remember what he did? Well, as he takes the bread and he says, this is my body that's going to be broken for you. What did he do? He gave thanks. He gave thanks. Corey ten Boone and her family, the Boone family, housed Jewish people during the Holocaust they were in Holland or Netherland they lived in Harlem during World War II when the Jews were being so tremendously persecuted and being sent off to the concentration camps the Boone family Christians believers began to house and hide Jewish families in fact she wrote a book called The Hiding Place. How many of you have ever heard of The Hiding Place? I'd encourage you to look it up, read it. But she wrote a book called The Hiding Place and they had built a false wall and they built a room and and there they hid and housed and, and fed and cared for these people who are looking for refuge in such difficult times. They were eventually betrayed their family was taken. can couldn't even imagine the horror. Corey and her sister Betsy were taken to a concentration camp about 50 miles outside of Berlin, Germany, called Ravensbrück. And there in that Nazi concentration camp, where they also would exterminate and kill Jewish people, they were in the worst of worst of circumstances. They had to strip down naked and the guards would laugh at them and mock them as they would go into the camp. And you read some of her accounts and read some of her story and I'd encourage you to read The Hiding Place and just study a little bit about this godly woman. She talks about seeing her sister oftentimes in line in front of her and seeing her bones sticking through her body. They would gather together and Pray and seek God. And I was just reading a little bit about her experience there. One event stood out that in the midst of their suffering, in the midst of all that they were going through, that they sat down, Corey and Betsy, and I believe some of the other women, they sat down and they thanked God. Listen for these words they thanked God for the fleas and the lice. It was because of the fleas and the lice that kept them from being sexually assaulted by the soldiers. That in the midst of their suffering, that they were able to sit down and take a few moments and to pray and to thank God for the fleas and the lice. Her sister ended up dying In that camp, and she went on to live to share her stories. And also, I would say this to be a challenge to you and I today. As God's people, that as followers of Christ, we should be a grateful people. Amen? In Africa, in certain regions of Africa, this is interesting, there's a fruit. This fruit is called a taste berry. When you eat this fruit for hours, whatever you eat tastes sweet. You'll eat this taste berry. It's called a taste berry. You eat it. And for hours, it, it does something to the taste buds. And you can eat the most sourest, most sourest, most disgusting thing. But when you eat it, it tastes sweet. You say, what does that have to do with our lesson today? Absolutely nothing. No, just kidding. <laughs> Let me say it like this. In the life of a follower of Christ, gratitude, gratitude is a taste berry that makes even the bitter moments sweet. May we be a grateful people. As followers of Jesus Christ, We have so much to be thankful for. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's stand and have a word of prayer this morning. Lord, we love you.